Welcome to the first episode of The Q Podcast. Thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Will, and joining me today is a guest that embodies what this podcast is all about. He's a footballer as well as an entrepreneur. From Barbados, he's represented the national team at the youth and senior levels of football. He's also well involved in the business of Instagram where he owns a consultant agency and is the creator of Footy Tutor, a page with over 51,000 followers that helps aspiring footballers. And last but not least, He uses all of his social media platforms to give advice to his followers based on his life experiences. Our guest today is Carl Hinkson. Carl, how are you? Very well, man. I don't know if you can see there's a there's a flight that's trying to also join the podcast. But yeah, no, thank you so much for having me on, man. Um, Really appreciate it um any chance i ha- i get to you know what i mean meet players around the world like you aspiring to do big things um starting a podcast i think that that's absolutely amazing and i'm, I'm definitely here to support yeah so i just want to get right into it obviously i've done a lot of research on you and i know football is a huge part of your life yeah and so let's just start from the beginning like growing up in barbados and your football journey yeah, so my journey, I would say that I really started playing football consistently right around the time I got to secondary school. So that's when I was about 11 years old. Um, I had played for fun as a kid. I had played many sports. Like I was always athletic. Um, I would always run. I would. I was always outside. I was playing cricket. I was playing football. But when I got to secondary school, just because of my time on weekends and during the week, um, school obviously <clears throat> got taken up to another level. And then it was... You have to make the decision between which one of these sports you're going to start to pursue a little bit more seriously. And um, for me, it was football. Not only did I genuinely just have a little bit more of a love for the game. um, I don't know. I, I am a person who I like to. I've always had the idea that I wanted to achieve something that no one achieved before. Like coming from Barbados, um, cricket is is the big sport. I don't know if as a kid, it's the smartest thing not to go after um, the pursuit that a lot of people have had success in before. But for me, it was always, I wanted to try to do football um, to see if I could really like push the limits and, and push the limits of Barbadian football, push the limits of what people believe could be achieved um, as a Barbadian footballer. And honestly, like I was actually thinking this at like 11, 12 years old, it's crazy. Um, Right around when I was 14, 13, 14, um, I quickly realized that, um, no, it was when I made my national team at 15 years old, this was the under 17 national team. I got the opportunity to travel and play um, from playing against players overseas, play, players who were on the Panamanian men's national team, players on the U.S. men's national team. It became quickly apparent to me, apparent to me that I wasn't at the level that I could step right into like a finished professional environment. And I needed some kind of a platform to take my game to the next level. So. I was always kind of cognizant of the college opportunity. Um, I always in my head had it as, okay, maybe I'll do this if I don't go pro. But after coming to that realization, it then became clear to me, look, you 100% have to try to go to college, have to try to go to the best college as possible to 
allow myself to get the best opportunity to play um, professionally. Like I knew personally for me that I needed a few buffer years in a more professional environment, just coming from such a small country with no infrastructure and no professional environment. Like I needed that buffer. Um, so that's why I did pursued it. I was very, very fortunate in the sense that I was just playing with my club one time in Florida, got approached by a coach who turned out to be uh, my coach in college for three years, really great relationship. Um, I still um, see him as a mentor and someone that I look up to today. Um, since then, it's been trying my best to uh, get my foot in the door professionally um, post-college. Post I think one thing that was really important um, that really changed the course of my career and actually like, led me towards the entrepreneurial line that I'm in today is that I got injured. And getting injured my senior year really gave me perspective on like what else can I add to my life to um, help enhance my 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 on the field performance and that type of stuff. Um, mm. For me, that was entrepreneurship. I quickly realized that I couldn't depend on football to be a one hundred percent income stream because it can be taken away like that. So it's so when I dived into entrepreneurship. Um, still something that I'm very passionate about. Coming out of COVID, I had the opportunity, sorry, sorry, coming out of college, I had the opportunity to go on a few professional trials and stuff. Um, right around that time is when COVID started as well. So I actually was given the opportunity to go play professionally over in Germany. Um, that contract couldn't have been honored just because of COVID and um, worked out for me that I was able to kind of after that time of quarantine, play with my national team for a year and a half to stay fit, to stay sharp. Um, got the chance of playing World Cup qualifiers, um, the CONCACAF Gold Cup. So football has been an amazing journey. It's kind of been with me since I was 11, 12 years old, kind of punctuating my story, but forever grateful for the game and everything it's given me up until this point. Yeah. Yeah. So going back to, you know, talking about your childhood, was football like what you would play even before you were in a team when you playing before 11, like in the streets and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, I definitely play um, just just at, at home around by myself. Like I was always active, as I said. Um, I did play at school as well, actually. Um, and I did play for a club now I think about it. So in, in Barbados, we have like a primary school um, competition. So for the last two years of my primary school, that was when I was like, eight to like 10, 11 years old. Um, that's when I like started playing with like my first club. We didn't really, we didn't really train. I would say it was very, very structured. I honestly, I can't remember it very much, but I do remember that I was chosen to go represent what's something called like the national sports council. So it's almost like a youth development program. So I was chosen for that from a young age. And now I think about it, that is one of the reasons why I decided to continue playing, um, football when I got to secondary school um, just because I had seen a little bit more interaction from outside just my school um, cricket was very very competitive if you didn't know certain people in cricket at a very young age it was hard to excel and it was my relationship with that coach at the sports council at um, actually like nine ten years old he ended up <clears throat> being the coach of the U17 men's national team so um, all these little things, you know, kind of punctuate your story and you don't even really think about them until you look back, you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. And like, you were talking about secondary school and your experience there. And I saw that you earned most valuable player honors as the leading goal scorer at the U14 <laughs> and U16 levels. And, you know, I'm pretty sure you're, you're a defender now, correct? Yeah, yeah. So I play as a <clears throat> outside back right now, right back. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, I saw that and I was like, 
what was the point where you made that switch to defender? Was it around that point where you realized that, okay, maybe like I'm not as good as like players outside of Barbados and like, you know, you have to raise your game. Was that when you started making that transition to different positions or? Yeah. So actually the first time when I played right back was when I went into the senior team. Like I was always an attacking player, but sorry, not the senior team. When I went into my U17 national team, um, so the way how it was, it was 96s and 97. So people born in 1996 and 97. Um, I was one of the three players on 19 from 1997 that actually made the team. And even though I was, I was technically as good as the other players, I would say they were a little bit more, mm -hmm. um, more developed than me in terms of their size and their speed and that type of stuff. So that just allowed them to, to really, excel when it came to to being attacking players that had a lot of flair there's a lot of flair and, and talent in Barbados at like the young stages and for me I saw right back as somewhere that I could get in the team and I could start and I could get minutes and from a very young age like I didn't want to be on the bench like I want to find a way to get on the field yeah, so it was yeah. it was a really strategic decision um to play right back with the national team I continued to do so um only with the national teams but like when I was playing with my club in Barbados and with my school, I was always like an attacking player. And when I went over to college, one of the discussions I had with my college coach very early was that becoming a professional was something that I saw for myself. And he suggested, and I also agreed that for me trying to play at the professional level, um, given all the attributes that I have, I can probably stand out as a right back. Whilst in other places I would be probably probably cut even you know so i'm um, just given my attributes and that type of stuff um right back for me i thought was just a good place that i could really groom into into a professional player to be honest yeah i think that's something that a lot of like young footballers you know all of us want to grow up and be the next messy you know stuff like that but yeah. you know you get to a certain age where either somebody's more talented than you or have more gifts than you or you mm -hmm. have gifts that you didn't know and then you exactly. can use them in a different position and I relate with that because I was a winger growing up, played striker, played winger. And then right now, just like you, I'm playing fullback. So like, yeah. <laughs> it's like at, you, at the beginning, you kind of don't like it because it's kind of like, man, I always dreamed of playing up top, scoring the goals, finishing and stuff like that. But like at the end of the day, the real dream is just to become a professional footballer and whatever place you can do it. I mean, just go for it. You know, so exactly. I think that's really good for people to hear. Yeah, nah, and I always like right back because you still can have an attacking presence, you know, especially yeah, 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 exactly. depending on how your team's set up. So, so yeah. Yeah. And then, okay, so moving on to also staying with Barbados and the whole national team setup. What you, when was uh, that first call up for the youth for, team? Youth team. For the youth team, so it was a long trial process. I remember it was probably like a whole year of trials. It started with almost every player who was eligible in the 96, 97 year group. And uh, we continuously like cut the team down to size um, until to a point where it was almost like two teams. And then just before you travel, um, they named the final roster. I can't remember exactly the date that we traveled. I want to say this was probably like 2012 maybe, because I remember we played in the CONCACAF finals in 2013 in Panama. And the initial qualifications, I guess, would be the year before. So this was right around 2012 when I made my international debut, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then eventually you were captain in the, what was it, U23 side a couple yeah, of years yeah. back? 
This yep. was this was more recently, yeah. Okay, got you, got you. So playing in Barbados, then moving to college, why don't you tell us a little bit about just like one the college that you went to and what was the big changes in terms of like football over there in Barbados and football here in the US? Right. So yeah, went to Southern Illinois University at Edwardsville. Um, super grateful for them for everything that they've done for me in my college career. I was able to graduate uh, with a degree in exercise science as well, which is something I'll have for life. Um, in terms of the actual playing experience, it was a lot faster and a lot more, not physical in terms of tackles, but physical in terms of the demands of, of the game. Um, mm -hmm. So training every single day, uh, playing sometimes twice, if you look at it, sometimes even three times per week was something that I wasn't 100% accustomed to. I would say something that I adjusted to pretty quickly because it's what I always wanted. You know, it was, it was like my dream come true to be able yeah. to train every single day, play on the weekends, um, play in front of crowds, that type of stuff. Um, so yeah, I would say the speed of the game was definitely, uh, was definitely a lot higher. Um, college soccer in general was sometimes even frantic just because of the, the way it's set up. You can have like rolling substitutions. Um, you can stop the clock. Some, some teams just want to, you know, kick it and run. Some teams just want to play for set pieces. That's their whole game plan. So definitely eye opener as, as in different ways that, that football can be played. Um, yeah. And just how teams can make it super hard. But I think the, the coach I had, um, Mario Sanchez, he was, he was really, really good at helping to instill a lot of foundational, um, knowledge that I think that I definitely have used to improve my game. And, um, we, we tried to play, you know, we tried to play, uh, an attractive style of football. And more than anything else, he, he taught me to think the game, you know, which was something that I didn't mm -hmm. really get that much exposure to in Barbados as a younger kid. Yeah. And was it freshman year? I know for most people, like unless you know you're going on to a D1 high profile school on a scholarship, did you have to really work your way into the team freshman year, sophomore year? Because some people, you know, they don't even get playing time their freshman year. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's true. Um, for me, I I remember I hit the ground running. I remember I played in the first uh, preseason game. I actually had a really good game. Um, like I'm I'm a player to this day. I think that when I get in game. Like, I love the game. Like, I love the spectacle. Like, I, mm -hmm. I, I love playing in front of crowds and stuff. Like, I just, I just, I'm not rattled by the scenario. And I had a really good game. And um, from then, I think I went on to get, I played about 50% of the games. I don't, I, I can't remember off the top of my head how many I started, but I did get the opportunity to get very good um, playing time. I remember it was me and maybe one other freshman who, who got the opportunity to play a lot my freshman year. So I was definitely... Um, higher in the pecking order amongst the, the freshmen themselves. And uh, my sophomore year, regular starter, I feel like I started almost every game as we made a run to the Sweet 16 of the NCAA tournament. So still one of the highlights of my college career, yeah. Mm -hmm. And now moving to your junior year, was that the year you got injured or your senior year? I got injured my senior year, actually, yes. Okay, so how did junior year go? Just touch on that quickly. Junior year was ups and downs. Um, junior year, I had a lot more. Um, I had some personal stuff come up in my life. So for the first time, I had to like balance school and football and like some personal struggles. Um, so mm -hmm. tried to keep my head in the game as, as much as possible. 
but it it definitely didn't go as planned. Um, for me, I, I had always like planned out how I wanted my college career to go. So like going into it, I wanted freshman year to try to get as much playing time as possible, which I did achieve. I think that by not maybe setting my goals higher, honestly, during my freshman year and seeing myself as like someone who could just start every single game, I kind of shot myself in the foot a little bit. Um, I think I could have had a, big, a bigger impact. Uh, my sophomore year went exactly as planned. I tried to start and play every single minute. My junior year, my goal was to really start, you know what I mean, racking up points. So really start getting a lot more assists, um, getting my name out there, that type of stuff. Um, didn't end up going that way. A um, little bit because of how the season went, a little bit because, as I said, um, some personal stuff that came up with me. But all in all, still a productive season. Like I learned a lot. I grew a lot as a, as a person and a player, yeah. And that senior year, where you did pick up an injury, we'll get into that. Um, it was your first time having a serious injury from what I was watching your YouTube channel and you were talking a little bit about that experience and you were talking about how it seemed like everything was coming together at that point and you were like, you know, really looking towards the future and progressing with your soccer career and then at that point when everything was coming together, it all fell apart with that injury and, you know, you talked about how you fell, in, fell out of love with the game. You didn't really even mm. want to vlog about it and stuff like yeah. that. So, First was getting to that injury when it happened and just, you know, how it was, because that's your first serious injury. Yeah, it was my first serious injury. Um, it really took me back. It taught me a lot about myself as well, like my ability to bounce back and gave me a lot of perspective on football. But it happened in the scene in the summer right before um, the season, actually. So I had actually just come back from playing on my national team. I got invited to Oklahoma City FC, which is a team in the USL. Um, the reason why I chose to go play with them was because they had a PDL team, so I could get like good game time minutes, but um, had a good working relationship with the coach. And he said that like if I was performing well, I would definitely get the chance to train with the first team. So for me, um, getting an opportunity to play first team football all summer, um, going into my senior year of college, a potential, you know what I mean? A potential chance to even like put my, my name on the lips of, of a professional team's coach before I even like played a game in my senior year. Everything was going brilliantly. And I think it was like my third or fourth session. I literally just jumped for a ball, landed on my leg, feel, felt a bit weird. I just kept walking. And by the time I had cooled down and tried to take my boot off and stand up, I literally couldn't put any weight at all on my foot. I ended up getting x-rays, had a broken bone, and I was told that it would take me at least four to five months to fully recover. And then from that point on, I would have to like try to like build up my fitness and that type of stuff again. So um, I had to get surgery immediately and I had to redshirt my senior year. So as you said, like as, as everything was almost about to to take off for me, I think um, hopefully we would have had like a great senior year. Um, I, I remember sitting on the bench and watching that whole season and we were actually doing really, really well. And it, it hurt to be honest, to know mm -hmm. that, um, I couldn't have been a part of that team, um, that were really crushing it that year, but, but you learn a lot. And as I said, that's when I really got into entrepreneurship and, um, I wouldn't be the person I am today if it hadn't um, played out this way. Yeah. Then for those who don't know, in terms of a car soccer, the fitness and working your way back up is ridiculous once you take a few steps back and everybody yeah. else is training the amount of work you have to put in to get back to that point where you were and could progress even on that is really huge so like in that time like 
what was the moment that kind of you were like, you know what, like, hey, I'm going to keep on doing this. This is not the end. So for me, I always, uh, I'm, a, I'm just a, <laughs> I'm kind of a relentless person by nature, to be honest. And um, I, I just definitely didn't see that as the end. I knew it was just a roadblock. I knew I was also always going to be in and around the national team level with Barbados just because there are only so many people that they um, can choose from. Obviously, the pool is getting bigger and bigger all the time um, as we attract some more international attention. But I always had that in my head as something that I minimum, you know what I mean, wanted to do some more. And um, I don't know, I always I always like believed in my ability to, to come back and still try to sign a professional contract. It's what I had set up to do at 11 and I wasn't going to let my first and only injury. It wasn't even a muscular injury as well. You know, it was, it was a bone yeah. that was broken that could heal. And I knew that like muscular and like my mind um, was still there. So, so that's what was important for me. And, and that's why I just kind of pushed through it. Yeah. Okay. So I think this is a good segue into, you know, you talking about that's how you got into entrepreneurship. So mm-hmm. how did that start? So entrepreneurship, yeah, um, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, but I knew that I wanted to find some way to create an income stream that was location independent so that wherever I was playing football around the world, um, I could still make income. For me, I had already seen being from Barbados, move to the US. I wasn't opposed to moving to Europe. Um, One big thing for me, and I'll still try to have these experiences in like any career moving forward was just the chance to see and experience the world. So I know location independence was something that was huge for me. Um, started out learning a lot about, I guess the first thing I learned about ever was like crypto and, um, stocks like trading. Um, didn't have a lot being a broke college student, didn't have a lot of money to, to get in and risk in, in like losing money online. So then I started learning about, I'd, I'd always liked content creation actually. So like graphic design, don't get me wrong. Like I, I wasn't a master by, by any means. I've always seen myself as a creative person though. And used to mess around with, um, illustrator. I still, I still use illustrator almost every day. Um, but from there, it was how can I monetize this skill of Illustrator? So then it was, okay, I can make posts every single day for social media and then attract attention. So Illustrator is like very visual and I knew the most visual platform was Instagram. So then I started learning a bunch about Instagram. When I started learning about Instagram marketing, I went down a whole rabbit hole where I eventually learned about um building brands online, um, building a whole online business, uh, driving traffic online, digital marketing, started networking, meeting a bunch of people. And this definitely didn't happen overnight. Like what I've said up until this point probably took me a year and a half, two years to get to that point. Um, And as I said, me getting into this journey was literally fueled because I was injured and I fell out of love with the sport of football. So getting into the online space, I always like initially, I always told myself, I don't want it to be anything football related. Like I want my business <clears throat> to be a hundred percent independent of football. So that if football goes away, like I still have my business. That was my mentality moving in. So I tried to grow all these different Instagram pages. My first kind of business ideas were to build up a big page, um, start selling shout outs, uh, start, you know what I mean? Selling products directly on the page, that type of stuff. All of them failed 
until I started Footy Tutor, until I actually put my passion with my newfound skill set. And as soon as I did that, first three weeks of growing Footy Tutor, we grew 10,000 followers. Um, wow. Yeah, like right off the bat. So um, it says a lot about, about entrepreneurship as well. Um, you really need to do something that one, you're an expert at, but two, like you have a good um, deep understanding of that you can really portray yourself as an authority within the market in general. And uh, since then, when I grew the page, it's still been a continuing journey, um, learning about building a business itself because you learn that making money is not the same thing as owning a full, like running, living, breathing business. So I've been learning that side and also, um, yeah, got to the point where after I left school, I was able to start my agency and uh, things have been going well. I've been learning a lot, working with clients as I go, um, trying my best to just balance and stay on top of everything as I move forward, really. That, that's that's about it up until now. <laughs> and with the pages, how many pages did you go through before you, you know, started Foodie Tutor? Was it like, you know, just like you kept on trying and failing, trying and failing? Yeah, it was it was a lot of pages, man. Um, I had even like bought some pages before. I I, I don't know, yeah. uh, like Instagram doesn't like people to say that you can buy pages, yeah, and sell. <laughs> but um, yeah, I had done that. Um, done a little bit of arbitrage as well. Um, but as for a specific number, I want to say it was minimum minimum seven seven to about 10 pages that i had tried i wouldn't even say I failed i would say that it because it wasn't my passion i just yeah, yeah yeah didn't have the motivation necessary to continue posting like i had some pages that were growing quite well um i would like either lose motivation really quickly and uh, just stop posting and then I wouldn't want to get back into it or like i just got a new idea like even though a page was growing at a decent rate I had a new idea that I thought would work better, but it was also, I also wasn't passionate about that. So just bounce around from page to page, learning different things. Um, another thing that you don't really think about when you're growing an online business is, do you actually understand um, the followers? Like, do you actually understand the people in that niche? So like, for instance, mm -hmm. I, I grew, I just want to pull one out of a hat, like, uh, like a personal development niche, but it was very much surrounding like spirituality. And this was very, very early in my um, personal development stage. So like I, I didn't truly understand all of the things that this person wanted to see, um, topics they wanted to hear about. Um, didn't really know how to have fulfilling conversations with them. Uh, so you need to think about that as well when you're thinking about like building an audience online, just, just, just some tips. Like, can you really resonate and, and, talk to that person on, on like a different level but yeah all, all a learning experience yeah yeah and i think going from the injury to where you are now from the entrepreneurship one quote i don't know if you've heard it that speaks to me a lot is that when one door closes another one opens and i think the most important thing for a lot of the viewers out there to realize is that if that door closes that doesn't mean you also have to close that passion you know because now look you're doing you're successful with the instagram but you're still pursuing football and then you're also using that passion for football just for for this page so i think one important thing is to just look at the fact that you know that door has closed and to a certain extent obviously your football career is not over right. but use that time when you're injured obviously work on your rehab work on getting back on the pitch but also look at how you know you can improve yourself because you know 
even though as a young kid you see on the TV, you think that you can be a footballer. Mm-hmm. It gets to an age when you get to 15, 16, you're like, oh, wait, this is a lot harder than I thought, you know? It is, it is. So craft. I think that's really important for people to hear that. And yeah, so with the page, the consulting agency that you started, when did that start and, you know, how has that been? Yeah, so, <clears throat> so the consulting agency, I really started off as a media agency. So I was doing more content creation services. Um, helping people with branding, that type of stuff. Um, whilst going through that, I realized that it wasn't really allowing me to, to hone in on my full skill set, if that makes sense. And, um, also working with businesses to work, let's just say working with businesses in general, uh, you're not sure what that relationship is going to be like until after you do it. So I realized that businesses are a lot more finicky like with my brands i built for myself i could be a lot more fluid i could test different strategies i could do whatever when you're working with a business they just want you to do specific things um their way which is is probably best for the business let's be honest but might not be best for instagram growth might not be best for the online community and uh not having that creative freedom really kind of deterred me so that's when i kind of realized that consulting was a better place for me to sit within the market. I could kind of tell them my best ideas, um, give them the information that they need to be successful with Instagram and, uh, they could implement themselves. Um, I'm a person, I feel like I, I can naturally coach and consult. I can naturally like teach people things. So one thing I also wanted to do was, was do like one-on-one coaching and stuff. So, um, sitting as a consultant really allowed me to not only take on -on one-on-one clients that I could help improve, but I could also offer my value and information to other businesses at the same time. That's kind of how I've now arrived at the place where I'm, uh, I would say an Instagram consultant. Um, I still do offer some B2B services. Those are more involved with, um, influencer marketing. So, um, yeah, yeah, when it comes to Instagram, I've just been around the block a few times. I've got a pretty good understanding of most things on the platform. Yeah. And obviously we're not going to give away, all the stuff that you're teaching, but <laughs> if you would just give like one, one tip to like people who are trying to start a page and like, you know, a lot of people like they just go on YouTube and they watch videos and they try and like do the follow for follow method or they try mm-hmm. and, you know, follow people who've like posts within their, you know, that industry they're kind of working in. Like for you, what was, what's one tip that, you know, in general, like will give you a good amount of success if you're posting good content? Okay, so if I had to give one tip right now, um, today in 2021, it would be master vertical video content. Um, that's where the future of social media is going. Um, Instagram is going towards it. YouTube with shorts is going towards it. TikTok has absolutely revolutionized the game. I would say there's a lot of creators that are still behind <clears throat> when it comes to, especially on Instagram, with uh, vertical video content. If I was coming into the game right now mm-hmm. and like I had to give ad- advice to a younger Carl where to put his time and energy, um, there's a saying that content is king. So like you need to know, like amazing content is always going to outperform everything else. All those growth strategies, whatever, whatever. If you have great content, you just have great content. And right now the content that needs to be great to get, to get you the most exposure is vertical video content. So if I had to give one tip, it would be spend your time doing video editing, um, analyzing vertical content to see why it works, what aspects of it work and how you can replicate that for your brand. Okay. And another quote I have from you is 
where you were talking about, you know, the inspiration for helping people through 32 to through also the agency. And you were talking about how being in Barbados, you know, there's only so many people that you can meet to give you advice. And like, you wanted to be the person that, you know, you didn't have growing up because obviously it's such a small country and there's so much information outside the country that, you know, you didn't have access to, which is not your fault, which is not anybody's fault around you, but exactly. you know, knowledge is power. You know, the more, you know, the farther you can go. So. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, even from a young age, I honestly, honestly, like I remember times I would just be training by myself, doing the the best that I could do in my scenarios. And I'd just be thinking, this can't be it. I would watch these players on TV and I would say, the level that they're playing at, there's no way that I could get there, but I don't even know where to start, you know? So I, I did the best I could do with what I had around me. I think that that's shown in, in the level of player that I've, I've been able to... Um, grow into but it was always top of mind for me that if i in the future i'm ever in a scenario where i can give back to like a player who would have been in a situation very similarly to mine that that is something that i really wanted to do and footy tutor gave me an avenue to do that yeah mm -hmm. and i know you like the feedback that you get from your followers and you know how is it maybe developed from how it was in the beginning to what it is now based off like the feedback that you've gotten. Yeah. So, um, I just remember when, when we had first started, it was, it was, I don't know, I guess people love shiny new things. Um, it was really, really like extremely interactive. Now I think there's a, a core group of people who have still, um, stuck with the brand, stuck with my journey. Um, there's some other people who, who definitely still want to see me do well, but, um, aren't as engaged, I would say. But um, it's been interesting for me to just see a brand age and grow over time. Uh, I think it's matured to a place now where people know what to expect from me. They understand um, like my brand voice and, and kind of the reason why we exist, that type of stuff. Um, they know the questions that they can come to me um, for help with. And people seem to be very, very open to, to reaching out for for support and that type of stuff, which is something that I really appreciate. And um, yeah, we've got a little community growing in the Discord now every single day. And um, it's been absolutely amazing just getting the chance to connect with these players of all ages from all around the world. So yeah, can't complain at all. It's been an amazing experience. And I think, you know, one of the things that is the reason why you're being successful with it is probably authenticity. Mm -hmm. You know, that's something that, another thing that you've talked about in your vlogs, wanting to be authentic, not coming off as, you know, having everything together, you know, not coming off also like my life is terrible, but it's coming off like this is how yeah. it is, you know, whether that's through the vlogs, through your personal page on Instagram or through Footy Tutor. And I think, you know, maybe in those pages that you didn't have as much knowledge in, it's harder for you to even look for feedback. It's harder for you to even, you know, be authentic because it's like, that's not, you know, your number one thing. I mean, football, you've been playing it since you were a kid. Exactly. You know, now you've had lots of experiences, you know, everywhere around the world, in the U.S. and Barbados. So, you know, it's easier to be honest with your followers and it's easier to listen to them when, you know, you know what you're talking about and you know what they're trying to talk about. Yeah, well. 100%, man. And one person I really looked up to since I really got into the game was uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. And uh, one thing that he says all the time is document, don't create. And it just makes it so much easier um, when you're trying to put up content consistently to do something that's authentically you, to just bring people along um, for that follower journey. It might not be something that grows as quickly, but um, 
I'm always a person who's more focused on um, like the impact that I can have long term as opposed to um, short term gains. And I think that that comes out, as you said, in the authenticity of, of my content. I don't hop on things because I think it's going to be um, just a trend that's going to get me following. I just try to try to be authentic, try to be real, um, try to provide as much value as I can, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And now let's going back to the football side of things. Today, like you're a member of the Barbados national team, and in terms of the professional football journey and your pursuit of becoming a professional footballer, you know how has that been <clears throat> over the past couple months, past year, and like what's the outlook for you know rest of 2021, moving into 2022? Yeah, so um, if I'm gonna be honest, the last two months has actually been really, really tough for me. Um, I didn't get the opportunity to play in what was probably the biggest game in the history of football in Barbados. We had a Gold Cup playing game against Bermuda. Um, learned a lot about myself, mm -hmm. learned about a lot about the game. Uh, just used it as another opportunity to learn, really. Um, been back out on the field, been back out to the gym. Um, I, I really just enjoy the personal development side of it and trying to be my best self. And I think that that's central to why I was able to be persistent with the sport this long. I just genuinely like it. Like even if football wasn't there, I still think I'd work out a lot. I still think I'd eat healthy. I think that's why I'm at my core as a person. Um, mm. But yeah, so in terms of opportunities, I realized that uh, being from Barbados makes it a bit tricky in terms of getting work permits in other places. Um, being Barbados make it, makes it hard because a lot of other countries have international spots that are usually um, saved for professional players, people who have professional experience, that type of stuff. So I'm realistic about it, but my goal is to try to um, leave Barbados honestly as soon as possible and just try to get into as much of a professional environment as possible. Um, whether that means that I'm just training there, I don't actually sign a professional contract for a little bit, um, just for the experience, just for the fitness, uh, that type of stuff. But um, I wish I could sit here and tell you exactly what's going to happen, exactly what's going to play out. But uh, every yeah. day I'm training, trying to stay on top of my game and um, trying to do my best off the field in terms of connecting and trying to position myself to be successful. Yeah, I don't know what the future is going to look like, though, which is, I guess, a little bit of the fun of both football and entrepreneurship. <laughs> and in regards to your training and, you know, trying to improve as a player, trying to get those opportunities, are you like training individually with some friends, with some like other players? Or are you able to like, you know, get Sunday league type games and stuff like that? Or like, you know, how is it going right now in terms of like what you're doing on a week to week basis? Yeah. So there's no leagues in Barbados right now uh, because of COVID. Um, we still haven't been allowed to train or even play football on a whole. Um, yeah, being wow. in the national team, I was really, really fortunate because we were the only people that were given the like special permissions to actually train. So uh, since I've been back though, and the national team hasn't been training for, I want to say about three weeks now, it's just been gym and individual sessions. Uh, me and a couple of the boys from the team, we try to go out um, on mornings uh, three to four times per week and uh, get some individual work in. So between that, um, running, um, doing some beach sessions and uh, just going to the gym. That's me trying to just keep everything taking over until I can get myself back into, you know I mean? Like a more formal um, team training session setting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And with also like getting those connections for you right now, like you may not know all the answers to it, but like 
How do you think is the best way, you know, just for you to get your name out there outside of Barbados? Since right now, obviously, the national team is the only avenue you have mm-hmm. a playing, you know? Um, yeah, so it's it's networking. Um, trying to leverage people that you know to ask for help. I think a lot of people are afraid to ask for help, but usually when you ask for help, I've found mm-hmm. most people are quite willing to help you out. Um, so networking with as many people as possible, trying to uh, get in as in front of as many people as possible, ask questions. Um, I just say, like if I had to give advice to someone else, there's no right or wrong way. I, I've ha- I had a me- I have a mentor. He recently told me, um, yeah, there's no <clears throat> there's no right or wrong. There's there's no correct. There's just your way. It's just your journey, your path. So the worst thing you can do is almost sit on it and uh, think too much about. Um, will this work? Will this not work? Whatever. Um, just take action and, and allow whatever is supposed to uh, manifest for you to manifest. <clears throat> and also with Instagram, with just being an entrepreneur in general, is it just the plan just to keep on building on what you've already started and kind of diving into new things along with that? Yeah. So um, being an entrepreneur has, has been a journey of learning not only what I'm capable of, but like what's too, what's too much, I guess that's two ways saying the same thing. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah. right now I, I do have a pretty good sense of direction, um, as to where I want to take things. I think that whatever projects slash businesses I am working on, uh, in this stage of my life is probably not going to be, um, like the biggest things I work on in my life. Um, I, I try to, yeah, I yeah. try to be realistic with it and say that whatever I build now, um, obviously you, the only things that are going to work are the things that provide a lot of value to the market. But, um, I try not to be too, too stressed, um, about exactly like where things are going as long as I know that I'm having the impact that I can. So, so yeah, um, going to contra- continue to try to build. I'm a person who, like, I feel like some people, some entrepreneurs can never see themselves working like a nine to five job. I'm not that person. I think maybe at some point in my life, if there's an exciting opportunity, which appeals to me, um, I would definitely be willing to go in and share my expertise. But like, as of right now, just where I sit, trying to play football, um, <clears throat> really blessed and fortunate to be in a position um, where I can go after it. So um, I'm just going to try to push it as far as I can, really. Mm. And last thing before we get into a couple of quick fire questions would be there's a lot of kids who are even younger than you, maybe 18, 19, 20, who that a point where they have this passion for the game, they're working hard. And right now, you know, there's a future there, but it's not very clear. They're not maybe in a club. And, you know, even you, like you have that opportunity with the national team, which is really good. You know, some kids don't even have those opportunities right now. And it's kind of like you're doing right now, just training, going to the gym, you know, learning, playing with friends. Like, what would you say to like, you know, somebody who, you know, doesn't have the opportunity right now in 1920, you know, you have the pressure of what are you going to do with your life? Because, you know, at 20, yeah. you should, some people are going to look at like, why are you still playing exactly. football when, you know, you're 20? Yeah. Um, so, so I'm, I'm really rare in that I, I have the opportunity. Well, I, I, I think I'm rare, <laughs> but I have the opportunity to do both entrepreneurship and football, which are two, if you think about it, very high risk endeavors. Um, wouldn't recommend it yeah. to anyone, <laughs> to be honest. Um, if most people are going after entrepreneurship or also having some kind of like stable, um, income, 
most people are going after football. I would recommend if, if, if it doesn't pay you full time, try to get some other source of income. But I think results and ambition um, are, are two things that can kind of silence people around you. Like um, having big ambition is one thing. And when I say results, like you don't have to right now show people that you are successful in what you're doing, but you have to show people that you are actually going after the things you say you want. So I think people will give mm -hmm. you room to grow and that type of stuff. As long as you are showing that you are showing up every single day, that you um, are actively trying to get better. And uh, obviously you have to know your own like personal scenario as well. If in this stage of your life, you just have to get a job or do some coaching or, or do whatever to, to get by. Um, sometimes there are things that you have to do to allow you to do the things that you want to do. So just having self-awareness, um, don't feel like if you are in a race and because your friends are all now, you know what I mean, working corporate or just got a car or a certain pair of shoes or something that you need to do that as well. Realize that your journey is going to be different to everyone else's either way and uh, know who you want to be. Give yourself some space and some, some time to become that person is, is what I would say as a 24 year old who myself is still figuring it out every single day, you know, so I wouldn't say I'm a 100% authority, but, but that would be my advice. Yeah. And something I should have touched on is like the friends and family that you have around you. Was there any points where they were like asking you like, Hey, you know, maybe you have to go a different direction or has it always just been like support? So, so I think football, um, I, I, I speak about results. So from a very young age, even though I wanted to play football, um, my parents were the first two within um, their families to be university educated. And they saw the difference that that made in the, in the outcome for their lives. So for their children, it was always something that was very central um, to the picture. Like they had to be university educated. Um, I am university educated now. I'm very, very grateful for that, actually. Um, but at a young age, when I wanted to play football in Barbados, my parents weren't, I, I wouldn't say we weren't a hundred percent supportive, but uh, just because uh, there's a stigma attached to football in Barbados that um, it's almost seen as if you're going on the wrong road, if you're um, hanging around people in the football community in Barbados. So that, that was always an uphill battle for me. I think once I made it to the U17 national team, there was a little bit more of like room for me to do my own thing. That's why I said, like, have results, have something to show that you're actually, you know what I mean? Going after what you want to yeah. do. And then when I was able to secure my uh, scholarship to America, which is something that my parents probably didn't even know existed, um, could happen. Um, since then it's been 110% support. And I think that me really being stubborn and pushing against them at a young age and being successful with football um, has allowed them to give me a lot more grace when it comes to entrepreneurship because I've already shown, you know, that I can have my own ideas and I am willing to sacrifice and work hard enough to bring those into fruition. So um, when it comes to the entrepreneurship side of things, I think that they, knowing me as a person, were, were supportive of it from the get-go, yeah. Hmm. All right. So now let's move into some quick questions before we close out. For sure. For sure. So as a young player, who is maybe the one or two players that, you know, inspired you in the professional game, like that you were like, you know, you wanted to emulate your game after that. 
as a very young player, Neymar, when I was around, I want to say 14, 15, um, I was an attacking player. And um, yeah, as a young player, I would say Neymar, to be honest. Uh, Ronaldinho as well, I guess. Yeah. And then as a fullback, are you, do you watch any players that you also try and like copy? Yeah, as a fullback, I've watched Joshua Kimmich quite a bit when he was playing at right back. Um, and oh yeah, Dani Alves, of course. Yeah, what am I saying? Yes, Dani Alves. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. And favorite team professionally in the club game, of course. I'll have to say Liverpool. I have to say Liverpool. <laughs> I'm not a okay. person who's very like emotionally attached to club football. Um, I like to be a little bit more clear headed yeah. and analytical, but why say Liverpool <laughs> for the sake of the conversation? Okay, Liverpool. Are they are they winning the Premier League this year? Like, do you think they will? I think United have made some nice signings, man, but. Yeah, yeah, Sancho, Sancho yeah, that's crazy. yeah, I think United are going to be strong. I think Chelsea um, are going to look strong as well. Uh, I'm going to give Liverpool some time to make some signings, but as of right now, today, uh, I think it's going to be an uphill battle for them. Yeah. And next one is your proudest accomplishment. Oh, that's in football. Let's go. Oh, football. in football. Okay. Um, yeah. That's a good question, man. Um, proudest accomplishment, I would say, I would say to make my senior national team debut um, was a really, really proud moment for me. Um, it was one of the honestly first times that both my parents came to see me play a game um, in Barbados. And this was literally when I was 20 years old. Um, but yeah, no, just, just, oh, wow. yeah, just an experience that I was, I was really, really grateful for. Um, yeah, yeah, just enjoyable experience all in all. We got the result as well, so that was fun. And as a for what as a player, what player did you, have you gone against or have you played with that you know maybe we may not know about him, but who's like the best player that you know maybe that you played with or gone against that you've been like oh wow like this is the next level. Um. Yeah. So I'd say the best player I've played with on a consistent level um the two quite quite a few um i would say jorge gonzalez he's playing in um the usl league one right now um sorry the usl championship and also uh danny musovsky he's playing for lafc right now uh two really good attacking players i've played with oh, wow. um i'd say um playing against probably um there's a there's a guy I don't know his name. He plays for the Haitian national team though, like big center forward. Um, I played against him um, in summer league. He was like really really good, um, good forward anyway. And uh, Osorio that plays for um, Toronto FC. I played against him. He yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah he was he was quality in terms of his spatial awareness and like control of the game. That was an eye opener for sure. Yeah, really good player. All right, got two more. So it's match day. And we're not gonna ask what song, but what artist are you pulling out for the for the match? Um, right now, it's the song for me is Alkaline Top Price. Um, if you ever heard it, take a listen to it. Like pregame, that just gets everything going for me. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I'd say that that's what I listened to for the last two or three games that that I've played, and it definitely got my um, emotional levels to the right right place. Yeah. And are you a big music person in terms of just 
listening to you know music within Barbados or do you listen to you know outside America? Uh, I know British rap is now growing a lot around the world as well. I saw you were talking um, about Dave's new album that just came out on your story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I I, I like a little bit of everything. Um, I'm the type of person who, um, as long as it's as long as it's good, I can find an appreciation for it. So yeah, um, American music, uh, hip hop, uh, dancehall, Jamaican dancehall. That's something that I'm big into as well. There's some mm-hmm. up and coming Barbadian artists that were really making a lot of uh, steam actually before COVID happened. Um, kind of COVID kind of cut that back. But um, yeah, now there, there's good music all around, and I'm I'm not really partial. I just enjoy good vibes. <laughs> okay. And the last question is based on the name of this podcast, which is called The Q. And for anybody who doesn't understand why it's named that, it's based off the, if you've had like a program loading or you're trying to download a game, you know, it usually says on there, it's in the queue or something like that. Mm. And our motto is, you know, never complete, always loading. And I just want to know, you know, for you, how would you say like, you know, your life has been like that because, you know, you're not just developing as a footballer, but an entrepreneur, a person, you know, when was that kind of like that mindset of being that person who always wants to develop and you're never like, I've made it, you know, mm-hmm. how has that developed over the past couple of years? Um, I would say that it's almost been a blessing for me Um, in that sense that I haven't uh, I guess, quote unquote, made it, signed a professional contract or whatever. Um, it's given me a much greater appreciation for the journey and um, appreciation for the fact that it's actually the journey that counts as opposed to the outcome. Um, so I would say I've always been a person who strives to get better at, at most things I do. I just, I just, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to try to do it well. That's just the kind of person I am. Um, but yeah, I definitely think over the last two, three years when um, things definitely haven't been the easiest, um, it's really caused me to develop a different level of resiliency and and have that type of um, always going after more mentality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So thank you guys for listening to this first episode of the Q podcast. Thank you for joining us. Thank Carl. you so much, man. We'll put all the socials. You should be seeing it on the screen. Also in the description, whether it's on YouTube, whatever platform you listen to podcasts. So I just want to thank you guys for tuning in and thank Carl for yeah, joining us. Thanks so much again for having me on, man. And I wish you the best of success with all this podcast.